The Ghost of Caroline Hill. A group of kids dare each other to spend five minutes on the top of Caroline Hill, where local rumor has it that a ghost haunts the heights. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stories Are My Way Home podcast. I've got a horror story today. A ghost story. I hope you'll enjoy it. And if you like this, or any of my other stories, then please consider leaving a five-star review and telling your friends about the show. It really helps out. Thank you. And now, let's get to the show. Stop trying to hold my hand. I'll be fine. We're not even there yet. Scarlet said as their little group crossed the wet suburban street and made for the dark patch on the outskirts of town. Charlie backed off and shrugged his shoulders to Marcus. Noah wasn't even paying attention. Abby was too preoccupied to notice her friend. Despite the bravery she had coaxed since school let out on Friday, she was having second and third and fourth thoughts. The autumn night was as dark as their dare, and Abby felt a shiver run down. The thought of walking Caroline Hill at midnight made everything cold, no matter how hot her blood pumped. She was not afraid of most things, never afraid of monsters under the bed or children in the closet. But something about the stories of the ghost who haunted the hill always disturbed her. It was the history of it, the rattling shudder of time that spooked her. Abby had uncovered the tale of Sarah Barlow in the bowels of her library two years past. Archived newspapers described the beginning of it all. How young Sarah fell and died on her way to the doctor's house over the hill. Seven months pregnant with a child from a drifter. A man rumored to rot in some jail on the east coast. The community shunned her, sucked their teeth when she went by. Her obituary was short, but still mentioned the word wedlock seven times. Maybe it was the sadness of it that scared Abby. The sorrow passed down year after year, all the way from 1881. The stories of midnight screaming and the doctor's plot of land, barren of all plants. Not even grass grows there. They were to spend five minutes on the hill. That was what the dare required. Your stepdad give you any trouble, Charlie? Marcus asked. He was the one who made them swear to this pledge. They had all agreed to tell their parents they were sleeping at each other's houses, then meet at Old Wickham Road at 9 p.m. From there, they would hug the edge of the forest and make for the hill. Nah, man. He's been less strict since he got that job. It's about time, too. I was about to take my money and move out. Noah let out an uncharacteristic laugh. Charlie wheeled on him. Something funny, Noah? Noah Thomas shook his head and said in a small voice, You can't just move out. Not at fourteen. Charlie stood up straighter. Yes, yes you can. It's called emancipation. You're still not old enough. 
Unless you're married and can prove to the courts you can pay rent and buy groceries, they won't let you. Charlie made a face. His nose was getting redder in the cold autumn air. All right, weirdo. How do you know all this stuff anyway? Noah cast his eyes to the pavement and waited for someone to speak. Abby had always had a crush on Noah. He was thin and handsome, but what attracted her was something intangible. Maybe it was the slow, deliberate way he moved. The grayness of his eyes that seemed always buried in a book. Maybe it was the memory of that one time they almost kissed at a middle school dance. Her heart fluttering. She came to his rescue now. Looks like you'll have to find a girl who can stand you for more than ten minutes, Charlie. Marcus laughed. Hab's got you there, my man. Charlie just made a sweeping gesture with his arms and got down on one knee in front of Scarlet, forcing her to stop. Oh, no, not right here, she sighed before laughing girlishly. Will you marry me, Scarlet? We can ditch this town and drive to Vegas. Scarlet shook her head, but her eyes sparkled like they do in old movies. Her friend was thoroughly enjoying this. She flipped her brunette hair to one side and giggled again. Oh, how will we get there? Your mom, Subaru? Charlie quickly got up from his one knee and grinned. Hey, don't hate on the Subi. She's a beast. Abby's friend reached up and patted Charlie's shoulder. She was kidding, but her hand lingered there for a beat before they all walked in step again. All the boys loved Scarlet. They passed her notes and texted her constantly. Then they'd pull Abby aside to ask her, no, to beg her, that she put in a good word with her friend. And of course, Abby smiled and said she would. And she was okay with that. She didn't like being the center of attention. They walked on in silence for a few more minutes. Abby looked up from the leaf-strewn pavement and noticed Noah's eyes dart away. His jaw tensed. They were reaching the end of Wickham Road. The forest lay dark ahead. She checked her phone as they made their way across the yellowing grass to the woods. 10.37 p.m. A little more than an hour until they must walk the path of dead Sarah Barlow. A breeze blew across her skin, and she shivered. You all right, Abby? Yeah, I I'm fine. Let's do this. There was not much wind this night, but the trees somehow still creaked, their thin skeleton branches black and shaking against a waning moon sky. Abby and her friends hugged the forest's edge, careful not to cross into its darkened realm, a place of secret things, where owl, fox, and field mouse were the only creatures to gaze upon the haunting hill. What do they see with their animal eyes? What would she see in less than an hour. Silence reigned as they got closer to Caroline Hill. The moon shone over its bare top, and swirls of fog tumbled down its side. It seemed colder here. Abby pulled off her glove and touched her nose and then her ears, frozen. Charlie finally stopped. His breath mist disappeared in the blackness of the night. Marcus came up to his side. All right, 
Adil's five minutes each on the hill. Alone. Let's decide who goes first. Abby checked the time. 11.40. I can go first. Midnight doesn't scare me. Charlie said in a deep voice. Abby heard the strain on his bravado, though. It seemed to turn into a half-whisper at the end. Nah, man, we'll pick at random. Marcus was declarative as Keeper of the Dare. But how? Noah crossed into the woods and was back in half a minute holding sticks. How about we draw lots? He said. They each grabbed their stick and huddled together to measure them. The minutes were going by, and Abby's heart pounded. She could feel the anxious beating in her limbs, the pulse in her fingers, but hers wasn't the shortest stick. That turned out to be Scarlet's. No, she cried. I I can't go first. Charlie made a move to put his arms around her. It's only five minutes, Abby said, and we'll be right here watching. She gave her friend a look with all the courage she had saved for herself wrapped up in it. Can I take my phone? She asked in a small voice. Since you're going first, you can take your phone, Marcus replied, rules changing slightly. Good. If this ghost shows her face, she's getting blasted on social media. Scarlet breathed out heavy. After some more words of encouragement, Scarlet was making her way up the hill with two minutes to spare before midnight. Abby watched her disappear into the fog. She couldn't count the seconds, but 11.59 seemed to last for a frightful eternity. Every methodical march of time crashed against the chaos of the moment. Finally, her phone said, Midnight. They all heard a scream, a scream long and piercing. Charlie yelled out, voice wavering, Scar? Then a thudding as someone appeared out of the fog. It was Scarlet. Did you see? Did you see her? Marcus was to her side in an instant. Charlie latched on to her left. She was shivering worse than Abby was. She gulped three times before speaking. I I don't know. I I thought I saw her. A face in the fog. I'm going up there right now. Charlie puffed up his chest, and before anyone could protest, he stomped into the mist. Marcus went a quarter way up the hill to keep a lookout. Abby came to her friend's side, and they both huddled together while Scarlet caught her breath. Oh, Abs, it was terrible. I almost left a minute early, but you saw, right? I made it. I made it. She was shaking in the now dwindling triumph of adrenaline. I saw. Noah moved near Scarlet, hand still clutching the longest stick. You dropped one of your mittens. Here, take one of mine. Scarlet looked down in confusion. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. I took it off to use my phone. He held out his glove, but Scarlet just shook her head. Abby grabbed it before the awkwardness could grow. They accidentally touched, skin to skin. Noah cast his eyes to the cold ground. She did as well. A moment later and Charlie came striding down the hill. He met Marcus, and they whispered something to each other before coming back. I didn't see anything, Charlie said to the group. And I stayed up there for seven minutes, he added. 
Abby wanted with all her heart to ask if the dare was fulfilled, if they needed to go through with it anymore, since one of them already saw the ghost. But then Scarlet dashed that little hope. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just the fog I saw. I'm not sure now. Marcus took a deep breath. Well, it's my turn. I'll grab my five and be back soon. Abby's knees shook the whole time while he was up there. She couldn't understand it, but something was telling her to not go on that hill. Something buried in the omen of her fear. Even her senses called out to her, begging. You, you guys smell that? She could almost smell the basement of the library, the old yellowing books. It wafted around her until her heart pounded so fierce and her face became so hot and her ears burned in a blood heat that she had to take off her hat. Her dark brown hair spilled over her shoulders. She gulped in the cold air but felt nausea grip her. A new smell tracked in, one of rotting, one of death. She had only smelled it once when she was a little girl, but she knew it, like one knows the ache of little sorrows, the exquisite and unforgettable pain of breaking one's bones. Years ago, she and a neighbor girl had been playing near the maintenance shed at recess, when the buzzing of flies caught her attention. She had gone over to it and lifted the leaning piece of plywood. She screamed as she saw the decomposing body of a cat. The smell burned her nostrils, and the crawling ants and flies made her puke moments later. You okay, Abs? Scarlet's face was pinched in concern. N Nobody can smell that? Abby said weakly. No one answered, not even Charlie, until... I can smell it, Noah said, scrunching his nose. Almost like rotting meat. From where? I don't smell anything. Marcus looked around as if that would help. All around. Maybe it's from in there. Noah pointed into the black mouth of the forest. H how come you didn't smell it when you went in for sticks? Scarlet's voice wavered, then grew high at the end. She was trying to tamp down her fear in front of the boys, and it only half worked. Noah shook his head. Well... Well, it looks like the ghost didn't show. Abs and Noah, you want to get your five so we can get the hell out of here? Surprise hit Abby like a door slamming shut in an empty house. She thought he was going to say that they could pack it all in and leave. Leave this cold, dismal, foul-smelling place. Leave the hill barren and unwatched. But no. She would have to see this through. Ignore the warning bells chiming. The screaming in her head. Her mouth was dry, and the wind berated her shivering form. All right, I'll be back. She didn't even give Scarlet another glance, just took off up the foggy hill, her feet stirring up every moment in memory, every long serrated nightmare lurking in the background, in the shadows. The dead leaves danced across the yellowing grass, and the smell wafted in stronger, she was halfway up the hill, when she looked back and saw the four figures of her friends, like safe, mystical outlines. It's okay, she told herself. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such... 
She repeated this like a prayer, like a mantra, until she reached the top of Caroline Hill. It was well past midnight now, and the faint orange lights of the town disappeared in a wisp of fog. She was all alone now. One minute went by, and then another. Her eyes were peeled, and her head was on a swivel. White fog and wind, that's all she saw. Two more minutes went by, and her heart slowed. Stupid, she thought. Stupid, stupid. She had been afraid for nothing. There was never any ghost here, just some dumb legend. She started down the hill, and that's when she heard it. Someone crying. Sobs coming closer. She whipped around and saw nothing. Then she froze. The hair on the back of her arms and neck stood straight up. She knew to the darkest depth of her heart that someone was behind her. Every nerve and impulse screamed to run, but she had to look. She turned. A pallid woman in a white dress stared at her, not ten feet away. She had black hair and milk-white eyes. A bleeding gash ran across her forehead. Blood dripped down her face and into her open mouth. The smell was gone. Then the woman screamed hoarsely and charged at her. The sobbing turned to curdled wailing and Abby froze while her lungs did some strange spastic thing and deflated as they failed to draw breath. She whimpered as the ghost of Sarah Barlow made her way to her. She was two feet away. Abby could see the livid whites of her eyes, the dark black blood, before her own feet finally answered, and she tore off down the hill. She didn't look back until she was in the arms of Scarlet. Charlie was angry, scared. I'll go up there again. I'll, I'll... But his voice faltered when they heard the long, drawn-out wail of the dead woman. Let's get out of here, Marcus yelled, before she comes down. Wait. Noah grabbed Abby's arm. She shook out of it and ran with Scarlet. But she feared for Noah. She looked back and saw him staring up the hill at, at, at her. The figure standing against the fog the white 19th century dress torn and fluttering in the autumn wind. Noah! Abby screamed, and he turned and caught up to them, his face pale and sickly. One month later, Noah disappeared on a Tuesday, a cold, gray Tuesday. Search parties with flashlights went out, so many people from the community gathered. All her classmates led by teachers and stony-faced police sergeants as they canvassed the fields and woods. Abby told them all again and again about the ghost, about Sarah Barlow, but nobody paid any attention to her. Weeks went by, but Abby could still remember the distinct wailing of Noah's mother, the sobbing of the family as they held a service, not a funeral, but a service. He was coming back, she had heard over and over again. She didn't sleep. She hardly ate. She felt like a corpse. This was all her fault. She shouldn't have gone up there. She had stirred up that pain. 
dug it up in the bowels of the library years before, and that knowledge clung to her like an invisible body. Clung to her and waited till the time was right. But Noah couldn't be gone. He couldn't. Tonight at midnight, she would make her way to the Black Forest and watch the hill. She had to know. p.m., and the night was dark and cold and cloudless, yet the stars ran dim and distant. She saw one sparkling brighter than the others, and she felt Noah in its shine. Where are you? Where did you go? What did you see? The tops of the skeleton trees brushed the sky, and the top of the hill was blocked out by their black mass. She edged along the front side of the forest, while her heart thumped and banged and rattled. The dead scream of Sarah Barlow writhed in the wind. It hissed in her soul. She swallowed the dry fear and curled her shaking fingers into a fist. I'm coming, Noah. When she banked around the woods, she finally saw the top of Caroline Hill the subtle fog that always crowned its head. The time was 11.57. 11.58. The fog abated, and the brown outline of the hill shone against the dim starlight. Abby held her breath, and then she almost fainted in the heavy fear, for there on the top was the white figure of the dead woman, long black hair, and what Abby swore was a smile. The figure looked out at the town below, before slowly turning and staring right in Abby's direction. Abby gasped and backed away like a frightened animal into the woods, but then she shuddered and froze. She felt warm air on the back of her neck. Someone was breathing on her. She turned and there was no one there. Noah? She whimpered. There was nothing, not even the wind or breaking of twigs. Then a long, ghostly howl ran down from the hill, and Abby peered up once more. There, next to the figure of dead Sarah Barlow, was Noah. He came to her side and grasped her hand. Then they both turned and gazed down at Abby. They both gazed and smiled.